The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Welcome to Season 2 of our podcast, Kicks for Free, in which we discuss all things football. I am Dhiman, and with me is my co-host, Vivek. Messi! Morocco created history on Saturday night by becoming the first African team in the history of the FIFA World Cup to make the semi-finals. They stunned Portugal thanks to a headed goal by Yusuf N. Nasiri in the 42nd minute. Uh, Diman, what do you make of their entry to the semis? Now, like you said, history. Because, uh, <clears throat> you see, the World Cup's been around for 92 years. Uh, from a time when there were hardly any African nations uh, participating. From a time when in 1974, you know, a commentator went on record saying that the team from Zaire did not a team from yeah team from Zaire did not know that the rules because they were hoofing a ball up when Germany were West Germany were lining up a free kick uh, from the hand of Suarez that denied Ghana in 2010 to now. I think it's it's taken some time, but it uh, you know it's 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 a historic moment, and I and uh, I consider myself to really fortunate to have a, a ringside view of that because what happened yesterday is important uh, for a number of reasons. One, it gives other continents hope that you know there are times in events like this you can challenge the Europeans and the South Americans. That is important for football, uh, for the spread of football, because otherwise it continues to be dominated by two continents. That's so what Morocco did was important. And purely from the point of view of the fact that this is being held in the Arab world, it has sent out a huge message of, you know, it's made this World Cup extra special, I think. They're, they're making the semi-finals, yes. Right, right. Uh, Devan, in 480 minutes of football, I think Morocco have conceded only one goal so far and that too was an own goal against Canada. Uh, yes. Their defence has been remarkable and no one seems to be able to beat uh, Yasin Bono in the Morocco goal. Even in the shootout against Spain, no one from Spain was able to score. So, uh, right. Morocco's yeah, defence has been remarkable. No, absolutely. That is what they base their game on. They know that, uh, they know that you know, the only way they can be effective is try and go for a counter-attack. But for that to happen, they need to have a solid defense. And they defend in numbers. They're extremely organized. But it's also, they're they're very focused. Now, it is defending for 90 minutes or more against teams of the ability. And Walid Gregory made this point yesterday at the press conference. He said, we've not had it easy. We've played Belgium. We've played Croatia. We've played Canada. Then we played Spain. And today we played Portugal. 
So it's not as if, you know, we've had easy teams uh, on way to the semi-final. To be able to keep, you know, except for that self-goal, to be able to keep their defence intact, to ensure that it is not breached even once by uh, an opposition team, calls for a massive effort. And they've been able to do it despite injuries. It's see, a number of players have been injured. Roman says played yesterday despite having played the game against Spain with a severely bandaged uh, left leg. And he lasted 57 minutes. So, to not be fully fit and yet keep that focus, I think that's incredible. To be able to keep focus against these teams, to be able to hold your defensive line for games on end is fantastic. To be able to do that when you're not fully fit because your mind's going to, because the injury is going to play on your mind, it's an achievement that beggars belief almost. Uh, before the game, uh, Morocco coach Walid Regragui had said that uh, he hopes that the entire African continent gets behind them. And uh, given that this is being held in Qatar as well, Deman, uh, uh, what has the support for Morocco been like? Uh, has that played a big factor in their result? Has that buoyed the players? The, the support of course that it has. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it has. I was talking to a journalist yesterday and he said there are around 15,000 Moroccans who live in Qatar. And approximately 20,000 have travelled for this game. Uh, I mean, for for Morocco's uh, World Cup campaign. So, so not only has this team united Moroccans across the world, not only has it given the Moroccan living in in, in Canada, in the US, in in, in England, a reason to feel connected to to their country, it has also, because it is being played in this part of the world, it has also galvanised the rest of the Arab world to support them. Now, there are a peop- there are a lot of Tunisians, there are a lot of Algerians, they all live here. There are Palestinians uh, and then Moroccans have responded by hoisting, the by, by celebrating with the Palestine flag all the time. So, there are Palestinians here, there are Jordanians here and there are Qataris. So, everyone thinks that they this team is representing them. So, it is not so much a team of a country, it is a team from a region. So uh, you know, not, so there are they've got a lot of local support, which has made it very interesting. Because apart from Argentina, you don't see. I haven't seen this kind of support. Uh, Brazil are already out of the building. So mm-hmm. apart from Argentina, I don't have not seen this kind of support. And it is possible that an Argentina Morocco final may happen. I mean, we've been dismissing Morocco forever. They've made the semi-final. They're now one game away. And at the press conference yesterday, after the game, Walid, at least four times he mentioned winning the World Cup, which is a big shift from how they started. So, if an Argentina-Morocco final happens, this it would create the best atmosphere for that we've seen so far. Uh, we'll have to wait and see whether that happens. Uh, from Portugal's perspective, uh, Deman, much was expected of them, of course. Uh, Ronaldo didn't start again yesterday. He came on in the 50th minute. Uh, but it was a sad, sad ending for him. Uh, he wasn't able to do much. And it means that he has gone without a goal in eight World Cup knockout fixtures. What did you make of Portugal's performance? Yeah, I mean, no, no. Portugal's performance was disappointing. I mean, with, with, with the kind of attacking players that you have, you're expected to be able to make a difference. Uh, they they did have chances, but they could not beat Bono, who was uh, outstanding in goal. 
from the time he saved wow felix's uh, diving header to when in really nearly at the end again uh, he he saved a felix shot after ronaldo set him up and then ronaldo went one on one he saved it again but i still think that you know you needed to be more efficient there portugal needed to take their chances it would have been a very interesting game if portugal had scored first because at it at because morocco have not conceded they've played one way we've not seen a situation where morocco are chasing a game now that how they react to taking in a goal how they react to chasing a game is something this world cup has not really seen so it would have been interesting had portugal scored and given the kind of given the wealth of attacking disposal that uh, attacking talent that portugal have in that at their disposal you would expect them to score so yes uh, it has been a disappointing end to the campaign they were fantastic against switzerland and then they qualified out of the group quite easily getting to the world cup quarter finals is a big deal uh, i mean you're among the top 8 countries of the world and it is a big deal except for brazil who got there the maximum number of times and therefore don't think it's a big deal possibly it is being among the final eight is a big deal and portugal have got there so it's not all doom and gloom but against a team like morocco you would have expected them to beat them because of the names the reputation because of the attacking talent that they have but it didn't happen because they didn't happen because they could not breach a team so solid in its defensive organization and with a with a, with a goalkeeper who cannot do wrong any wrong in uh, or who has not done anything wrong in the world cup so far right on ronaldo deman uh, obviously uh, seems like uh, this, this this is likely to be his last world cup and uh, seems like he's going to go with, without winning it I, I look at the positive here i look at the way that a way has been found that portugal can play without ronaldo and they'll need to build on that ronaldo was now going to be around forever now as far as not winning the world cup for a very long time he did not have a team to win the world cup the world cups are won by teams they're not won by individuals even pele did not win it on his own he was he had excellent teams uh, and in, in the one world cup where they did not have a good team was in 1966 and they did not win so uh, world cups are won by teams and portugal did, never had a team till this world cup uh, which is when you know you had a number of young players you have great good attacking uh, talents you have a good defense so i think it well bodes well for portugal's future ronaldo will continue to be a great uh, uh, one of the game's all time greats uh, there is no disputing that there is no questioning his legacy as far as not winning a world cup socrates did not win a world cup platini did not win a world cup zico did not win a world cup and i don't really think their legacy has been affected to that and of course winning a world cup is a big deal but i mean it is not the fortunately we have so much of club football going that it is not the only benchmark to evaluate a player's greatness and uh, therefore uh, you know it it will stay as something that did not happen but realistically it was never expected to happen uh, by the time portugal had a team he was uh, over the hill and and uh, on names that have not won the world cup george best has never played a world cup i think ian rush has not played a world cup ryan giggs has not played a world cup so that's all right i mean it it has happened to so many people that it has happened to him as well uh morocco will now face france in the semi final after the defending champions beat england 2-1 aurelien germany scored a screamer from long range in the 17th minute while bukayo saka won england a penalty that was uh, converted by harry kane olivier giroud helped france regain their lead with an excellent header past goalkeeper jordan pickford uh england did have an opportunity to make it 2-2 but harry kane shot his penalty over the crossbar late in the game 
Uh, England were able to contain Mbappe Diman. He wasn't able to cause much damage yeah, yeah, they, per se yesterday. Absolutely. But uh, France just had a bit more quality, would you think? Yes and no. I mean, they, they were passages of play where England dominated. Uh, and it was a very good game. And uh, there were passages of play where England uh, showed the wealth of the attacking talent that they have. You know, Saka and Foden had uh, good games, I thought. The, the thing is, uh, France gave England two gifts. England could take only one of them. I mean, if you if you look at it, Chouamini's tackle at that point in time was possibly not necessary. There were other people and Saka may not have had a clear look on goal. It happens in the heat of the moment. I mean, it's a, it's in the penalty area, the minimum contact, uh, you go to ground and a penalty is given. But Chouamini could have avoided that tackle. So, that's one gift. And, and, and Tio Hernandez is, uh, you know, shouldering... Uh, the I, I can't Mason, remember who Mason the player Mount. was. Mason Mount. So, yeah. Theo Hernandez shouldering Mason Mount was, was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that was a complete gift. I mean, uh, I, at, at no point in time did it seem like Mason Mount would be able to control the ball. So, that was a gift. Yeah. So, England could not take the gift. Now, it came down to one penalty shot. Okay, Harry Kane possibly overthought it. Maybe he shouldn't. Uh, he's he's England's number one penalty taker, so it's okay. But yeah. to take two penalties in one game, uh, especially against a goalkeeper you know forever and a goalkeeper who knows everything that you do, uh, he tried to overthink the second penalty and it, uh, you know, and, and missed it. And on this note, I'll say that you know, I, I, I really think that aiming for the roof is a is a is a penalty taking strategy that is fraught with danger. Hmm. I always feel that because. A slight misstep here and the ball balloons into orbit. Yeah. It happened to Robert Robaggio. If it, if it hits the roof, then there's no way the goalkeeper can save it because the goalkeeper is going down. Yeah. But to get that kind of trajectory absolutely right is… And, and in such situations, it is, it, I, I, I personally think it's always fraught with danger. Go for the sides, go down the, go down the middle, do not aim for the roof because what happened with Kane was his body position was possibly not right and he ended up shooting under the ball. And because he shot under the ball, the ball went uh, into the stands. Now, so I think it was a good game, but I, you know, if France give uh, France is giving away two such gifts, only showed that they are vulnerable at the back because they have not been able to keep a clean sheet in any of their games, which was not how it was when they won the World Cup four years ago. So I think that is something that France have shown that they are vulnerable at the back and it is for other teams to exploit them. England came close, England had chances, but uh, they have a wealth of young talent and uh, it's okay. I mean, like I said, you know, making the World Cup quarterfinals and going out from there, there really is no shame. Devan, uh, Jiru obviously scored the winning goal. Uh, we have spoken about him quite a lot in the past and you, of course, uh, have been a big fan of Jiru. He's, yes, he's yes, ensuring yes. that France don't really miss Benzema, which is, which is a huge thing. I mean, see, the thing with Giroud is this. Uh, before Giroud, let me, uh, I, I, I completely realized that you'd asked me on Mbappe and I got completely sidetracked by other things. But I think Mbappe, the thing with France is they have such wealth of attacking talent. In, in an indirect way, it was Mbappe who created the first goal. Because you see, you see the moment he gets the ball, there are four English players that uh, come to him. And that disturbs their defensive shape. By the, They do get back into shape at... But the, the midfield is slightly slow in closing down Chermini, who fires an excellent shot. So, in an indirect way, Mbappe does influence that game. Having said that, to be able to keep Mbappe largely quiet shows that, you know, there are ways to do that. 
and, and, and they did it without playing a back three. So, so to shows there are ways to do that. Mbappe's ability to influence, not influence that game, will give the opposition hope that you know you can keep Mbappe quiet in tight games. But whether the other opposition team has the same kind of attacking ability to be able to take the game, I mean, for instance, Morocco, if they're trying to contain only Mbappe, they could be exposed by other players. The reason why it was an even game was because also because England had enough players to be able to take the game to France. And uh, it will also be, having said that, in a game where Morocco will possibly give him no space, it will be interesting to see how Mbappe operates. Yeah, now on to Giroud. Uh, yes, Vivek, I've been a fan. I, I like his selflessness. I like the fact that he works his legs off. I like the fact that he does it for the team. And it is really fitting that it was his goal that made the difference. And that has taken France to now, you know, two wins away from achieving what has not been achieved since 1962. And it's fitting that it happened to Giroud. You know, uh, good guys do deserve, do get, uh, you know, nice guys don't always finish last is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Niman, finally, uh, England manager Gareth Southgate has said that he'll wait for some time before deciding on his future. Uh, one thing I wanted to get at was uh, for England, although it's, it's a quarter-final exit, I see plenty of promise with Phil Foden, Jude Bellingham, Bukai Osaka, and I think all of these players Mason should Mount. get Mason Mount. Yeah, they should get better in four years' time. So it's not. Uh, there are a lot of positives for them to take out of this campaign. Absolutely. But, you know, England, the thing is that they they now have some flair players, a number of them actually. And they, they, are, they, they play in the top league of the world. So, there is no reason for them not to get better. And to have made over the made a World Cup semi-final, to have made a World Cup quarter-final and in between a European Championship final, <clears throat> it does show that things are... Uh, headed in the right direction. Their, their training centre at St. George's Park is said to be top of the world and uh, they they have a very good research team. So, it's there, there are a lot of positives. Uh, you know, in a game like this against France, it could have gone either way. They were not overrun. Uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of positives, uh, not just in terms of players, but in terms of the overall, uh, you know, climate uh, in, in, in football in England. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.